You're listening to the Justin C. Gleason podcast. Please consider following, leaving a great review and rating, and supporting by giving on Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. Podcasting is the future. Hello, loyal listeners. I'm delighted to be able to speak with you this week in January. As many of you know, we had our new little baby, our baby boy, and it has been awesome. He is so cute and so snuggly. And if you're a mom or dad, you know that babies take a lot, a lot of work. And we took some time off this past November as kind of a paternity leave, and we've been slowly getting back into it. It was uh, it was kind of difficult to do monologues. I tried a few of them, and I went back and listened, and I said, no, nah, I'm not publishing that stuff. <laughs> so uh, I, call, I called up some uh, guys that are important to me, my dad, my brothers, my cousin, and uh, some of my good friends, and we did some phenomenal guest episodes. I hope you'll go back in the archives and listen to them. been getting great feedback. We recently had Brother Caleb Herring, Brother Josh Herring, my cousin Chris Blazik, Brother Dan Badger, my brother Caleb Gleason, and of course my dad, Stan Gleason. And it was fun, really fun to do, and all of those guests were very, very insightful. But I love monologues. I never want to get away from them. The foundation of this episode was based upon insights and depth and unique perspectives that God was giving to me through a pen and paper several years ago, and I didn't know what to do with it. I looked down at what I'd been writing, and I thought, I'm not going to bring this to the pulpit. What am, I, what am I supposed to do? And it just hit me. You need to just start a podcast and start talking about some of this stuff. And so here we are. This is what we're doing. And I really have a word down in my spirit. I want to ask you at the beginning, Still, it's still kind of the new year, right? I, I quit saying Happy New Year. I usually do around January 14th. I figured about two weeks into the new year, it's kind of old and over and everybody's ready to get on with the new year. But I, st- I still have that New Year spirit in me. I still feel like there is still things I want to do to prepare myself uh, for this year, the remainder of this decade, remainder of my life. And I've been asking myself, when I look at the world, what do I see? When I look at my surroundings, what do I gather? What equation do I get? And it's a good thing to do, and I know you'll feel silly at first doing it, and sometimes you won't have an answer, because you're going to see a lot of things. Um, I know I've had listeners write to me, and they say, I usually listen to you when I'm at the doctor's office, or when I'm getting my oil changed. They like to listen to JCGP when they're waiting on something. (laughs) 
<laughs> this podcast kind of helps them pass the time. You know, while they're getting a guy getting their hair cut or something, you know. Uh, or, or one of you uh, ladies going to the spa. <laughs> Actually, you wouldn't want to listen to this while you're at the spa. This podcast is not meant to relax you. It actually <laughs> causes some people quite a bit of anxiety, actually. But but in a good way, a good uh, kind of energy, you know, that you want to have inside of you. The, the, the ideas that we bring, it really, it's not meant to put you asleep. Although I did have a listener one time write me and they said, I listen to your podcast while I'm driving and I also listen to it while I go to sleep. <laughs> so I guess there's a part of this that helps you wake up. And a part of it that helps you, that helps you sleep. But when you look at your surroundings, you ought to do this. What do you gather? What is the main equation that you get when looking at your world? And the equation I get usually is: I see good and bad. I see, I see what is right, and I see what is wrong. You see both everywhere you turn, everywhere you look you will see that. And on rare occasions will you look and you will say, I only see what is righteous. You'll see that in, at the altar call in church. After the preachers preached, everybody's up there praying. You know, all of the lukewarm people usually go out in the vestibule. All of the carnal people usually leave. You know, they'll stay in there for worship service, offering, preaching, but the altar call is when you really can see who really is into it or not. That's when you can feel it. Okay, uh, your home, your home, if you have your own home, your own family, you can look at your own family and hopefully see that. Not everybody can say that. When you go to work, very difficult to see just righteousness. Usually you'll see good and bad, and then sometimes you see all bad. <laughs> but that's the way the world is, and that's why you feel so conflicted all the time. And uh, you always have mixed emotions, mixed thoughts. Very rarely do you have unmixed emotions nowadays, but any given moment you look at something, you're like, I don't know if I, if I should laugh or cry or be serious or sad or what. You know, we live in a strange world, very paradoxical. It's becoming uh, difficult sometimes to see what is right and what is wrong, you know? And so in times like this, you know where you need to go? You need to be going to your Bible. You need to be going to your Bible. Uh, last night in our local church, I, I taught the congregation on how to hear from the Lord, how to hear the word of the Lord. And one of the main ways God speaks is through the Holy Scriptures. And I tell people that. They want to know how to hear the voice of God. I tell them, you got to start reading your Bible. Because more often than not, people that are struggling with hearing from God and finding direction, they don't have a relationship with their Bible. They don't know anything about the Bible. They just know church, and that's all. And, and church is a great thing. You get saved in church. You go to heaven in church. But I think from now until eternity, you need to be living a life where you find direction. And you'll find direction in the Word of God, and you need to be reading the Word of God. Uh, most of you are probably in Genesis right now if you're doing those yearly Bible plans. I like those. If they, if they work for you, stick with it. I'm not, I'm not really a Bible reading plan. I'm more of a uh, cover-to-cover person. I, I'm, I'm actually in Isaiah right now. I, <laughs> I read the Bible through twice last year. I read the Bible through twice last year. And, and what I do is I read the Bible most weeks, five days a week. 
And out of those five days, each of those days, about 40 minutes a day. And so in the year, I will read my Bible through usually two times, maybe sometimes a little less, sometimes even a little bit more. And I've been basically doing that um, since I was 21 years old, since I was 21 years old. So I don't start in, in January with Genesis. I just kind of keep it going. You know, after I read the Bible through, I'll probably get done, uh, read through the book of Revelation at a, in uh, about June, and I'll just start over and probably, you know, complete it uh, around uh, mid-October and then start again. So I just read, 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 read. Just keep reading, keep reading. Sometimes I make notes. Sometimes I'll get little ideas or inspiration. I'll write it down. But for the most part, I just read. I don't make as many notes as I do anymore while I'm reading. It's usually after I'm reading. And uh, But I got to thinking about it. A lot of people are in Genesis. So I kind of went back to Genesis. Just I had a little free time. And I started reading Genesis. And I thought of things that I haven't thought in a few years. And it's the one of the main themes or motifs, <laughs> my brother Caleb's got me saying motifs, in Genesis 1, it is after, after everything that God creates, he looks at it, you know what he says? It's good. It's good, it's good, it's good. Everything he creates, it's good. He looks at it and says it's good. Nothing is bad. In Genesis 1, God's perspective of the world and what the angels could see, everything was good. Much different than how it is today. And you read Genesis 1 and you wonder, what in the world happened to this earth? What happened to this world? It's very rare that you find anything good. Very rare that you find anything good. And the reason for that is, if you keep reading your Bible, man's sin. Man wanted to know good and evil. That's what that tree was about. It was the way of bringing uh, knowledge of both things, good and evil, into one, into man's mind. So that man had the potential now to be good and evil. God never wanted us to know evil, to be evil. He only wanted us to obey his word, and his word is good. But because of our, we were deceived, uh, because we ate the fruit, Adam and Eve, that sin entered the world, and it's only a matter of time uh, before uh, every person sins. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. But I got to looking at my Bible, and I don't do a lot of numbering in the Bible. Like a lot of people really like those numbers. They're like, you know, one is, is the number of, of God, and seven is God's perfect number, and 40 is the number of testing. And I try to do it. I, I try to look for it. It's interesting, but I, I, when I really get into it, I look out in the audience, and it turns into like one big yawn fest, you know? <laughs> people really don't get in the numbers. That, when you really get into that Greek and Hebrew stuff, you just kind of lose people. I, I, I just, it's not an American thing for us. We like uh, stories and, and deep, powerful, profound ideas and concepts. But every once in a while, if I see a list, I start counting them up what I see. You remember last year, I, we talked about the, the 21 sins to avoid in the year 2021, and Paul lists 21 uh, sins in one of his epistles. And man, was that prophetic. You saw the, all those sins unfold uh, last year from January to December. My goodness. 
I'm trying to be more positive with my surroundings, and, and I've been in, in such a good mood with this cute, snuggly new little baby. I got out uh, my pen and I started making a list of all the things that were created in Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read them to you. It says, God made the heavens, secondly, earth, then light, night, the firmament, dry land, seas, grass, herbs, fruit trees, greater light, lesser light, lights, living sea creatures, great sea creatures, every living thing in the seas, birds, living creatures, cattle, creeping thing, beasts of the earth, and mankind. And I added them up, and guess what I got? 22. <laughs> 22. I, I was shocked. I thought, that can't be right. So I added it up again. Sure enough, 22, and I did it three times. I got out my phone, opened up the search engine, and typed it, did God make 22 things in Genesis 1? And I saw it. Other people have added it up and have gotten the same equation. Other people are saying it too. 22 things were created in Genesis chapter 1. 22 things that God looked at and said, it's good. It's good. Am I saying that 2022 is going to be the year of something good? <laughs> There'll probably be a little good here and there, but I mean, you just look at the current times and seasons that we're in, we're not probably going to see a whole lot of good. Hopefully we're moving in the right direction, but I'm already hearing again rumors of war. Rumors of war with Russia and Ukraine and, and China and Taiwan. Okay, that's not good. Uh, right now we're in the, uh, I think we're past the wake of Omicron, but I mean Omicron has swept through and hit a lot, a lot of cities. I notice a lot of churches uh, uh, closed their doors to in-person services and went online again. So you have that going on. Things here and there. But what I think we ought to be doing in 2022 is to try to get our eyes off sin and get our eyes on what is righteous and what is holy and what is still following the order of creation in this world so that we could see Something good. You know, has the sun ever sinned? No. It's remained on course. Has the moon ever rebelled against God? Nope, never has. Has, uh, has uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, all of them, have they ever rebelled against the Lord? Absolutely not. They're still there. No star, no galaxy, no black hole. <laughs> <laughs> whatever else may be out there. Nothing has rebelled against God. Everything is still good. The only thing that has rebelled against God is mankind. And mankind one day will wish that he hadn't. He will wish that he hadn't. I'm not much of a nature guy, although I, I miss fishing. I used to fish all the time, but after I got married, I just <laughs> kind of slowed down. And uh, I want to get back to fishing. We might have to fish this spring. I, I didn't play any golf last year, didn't fish last year. I just tried to spend all my uh, free time in, in helping my wife with our, with our kids while she was expecting, trying to be a good husband to keep that healthy relationship, you know, right? Which is really important. But this year, I just, I, I want to see nature again. And I've, 
I don't really like the winter, but I just got to admiring the snow that we had a few days ago. Looking at it on the trees, man, was it just pretty. And I just got to thinking about what the prophet said, though your sins be as scarlet, they'll become white as snow. And I mean, in seeing that early one morning with snow on the ground and up in the trees, I just like stopped and had to have a prayer meeting right there in the parking lot where I was at. Nature is not God, but nature speaks of God. Nature is not divine, but it bears witness of the divine. The atmosphere, the sun, the moon, the stars, the heavenlies, the luminaries, the celestial atmosphere, and down here on this earth, animals, creatures, fish, everything. It all bears witness of the living God. And when you look at this world, the natural parts of it, the things that aren't man-made, you look at it closely, you don't get the equation, oh, it came here by accident. Oh, no. You can't look at a sunrise and say, ah, that came through an explosion billions of years ago. You can't look at the sunset and say it happened billions of years ago. Or the beautiful moon. Or all the stars. You can't look at it and say millions of years ago. Uh Uh-uh. You look at it and you say, you know what, somebody put it there. And nature, the universe, it's not chaos, but it's divinely ordered. It's put into motion and it has a system and a plan that works. And it doesn't seem to break. Until, of course, you read in the book of Revelation. It will break. It will break. And the beginnings of that breaking is happening in our generation. That's why you've got to be ready. Continuing this thought from the book of Romans, chapter number 1, begin reading at verse number 18. The apostle wrote, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, They did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts, to the dishonor of their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forevermore. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due 
Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They're whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters. Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Hmm. I know Paul wrote that, wrote that to the Romans coming up on 2,000 years ago. I read that and I feel like he's writing to America, to Canada, to the whole world right now in the year 2022. He's talking about that first big major generation, civilization, that existed after the flood. That came out of the region of Shinar and built Babel. The Mesopotamians, all of them. They forgot about God. They weren't thankful to the Lord. You know, whenever you pray, you know what the first words that should be coming out of your mouth every time you pray, you know what it should be? I thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be, when you pray for your food, to start that. That's a good way to, uh, to begin putting that into your vocabulary. When you sit down to your food, the first word that comes out of your mouth should be thank you. Good words. You ever done something nice for somebody and you didn't get a thank you? (laughs) You want to say, you schmuck, I'm never helping you out again. God has a lot of those same exact feelings. Never ever forget to tell God thank you. Thank him every day. Should be the first words that come out of your mouth. Start getting that attitude of gratitude. It'll change your perspective. It'll make you happier for who you are and what you have. And in doing that and having that, you'll start to produce. You'll start to have more. And you'll start to be better. And you know what? You'll have more of a connection between your mind, between your heart, your soul, your spirit, your body, with Jesus. You will. People that struggle spiritually, people that don't get it, I've observed those type of people. They don't ever say please. They don't ever say thank you. They have a hard time even saying I love you and have a hard time saying they're sorry. (laughs) It's strange, but that's just the way it is. Those are those patterns. Gratitude is spiritual, and without it, with God, your mind goes in a weird direction. Yeah. I am no psychologist. I'm no psychiatrist. I have not studied mental illness, but a pattern and a behavior I have observed with people. You want to get your mind back? You've got to learn how to pray the prayers of thanksgiving. You feel like you have got desires in your heart that you know you shouldn't have. You have lusts for things that you know are perverted and against the word of God. And you're wondering, why do I still have these feelings? How are they going to go away? Well, when's the last time you just simply thanked God because he's good? 
When is the last time you simply just thanked God for who he is and stopped focusing on yourself and focusing on your problems and focusing on your hurts and your habits and your hangups and all of that and start focusing on the goodness of God? I'm not really trying to come against anybody. I'm trying to uplift you and pull you up and really challenge you. That's why this podcast exists. This podcast is not about the, the power of positive thinking. But rather, it's a podcast that is simply loyal to the truth. And I feel like I have a responsibility to the loyal listeners to tell you how it is. You've got to put thankfulness inside of your heart. That may be the missing thing that helps you get rid of your porn addiction this year. It may be the very thing for a guy out there in church who has been struggling with homosexuality his whole life and you're wondering, will it ever go away? Start learning how to really be grateful to God. And in being grateful to God, you'll start taking on the mind of God. A girl out there who is struggling, struggling with her sexuality. She's got feelings for other girls like the Bible is talking about. Those things didn't come from God. Those things weren't a part of creation. It came out of the region of Shinar after the flood. And those feelings came upon a people who did not retain God in their knowledge. And the access point to having God in your life is to be grateful and to be thankful and honor him for who he is and what he has done. Nobody is perfect. Everybody has their own struggles. But I'll tell you what, if you can walk in this type of dimension in faith and having the connection with God as him being the supreme and sovereign Lord, and believing that it is only by him that all things exist. It is by him that we, and through his divine essence that we live and move and have our being. You're going to get back to having a life that is Genesis 1. Where everything you turn around and look at it that is under your control, you can say it's good. It's good. Oh, it's really good. It's good, 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 good. That's how you're going to have a good 2022. If you put God back in your life. So I'm going to tell you what, what Paul is talking about here. It was a generation long ago, right after the flood, that arose up and started building uh, big buildings and starting stupid wars, and everybody was fighting over control and this or that and trying to make names for themselves and be as powerful as God himself. You know what they were doing? Instead of saying God is good and he's made a good thing, they looked around and said, ah, it's good. Let's make the good God. They made God to look like animals. They made God, who is infinite and powerful and incorruptible, made him to look like a corruptible thing. They started chopping off the tree branches, make it into only a trunk, and carving the tree to looking like a lewd woman, bowing down and worshiping the goddess. They started taking stone and carving it, to make like a perverted-looking man, and they called that God. <laughs> they started carving things to look like uh, mixtures of animals and men and bowing down to it and saying, this is God. They forgot God, took him out of their knowledge, never prayed prayers of thanksgiving to him. Instead of calling out to the God of this world and spirit, they called out to the trees they carved in their backyard. They called out to the stones that they had on top of mountains. Yeah. They forgot about Genesis 1. 
They forgot about the God who made things good. The God of heaven and earth forgot about him. They forgot about the great God of heaven that made all of creation and gave it the power, put seed in it, in male and female to come together to reproduce, to replenish and multiply after its kind. They forgot about what the Bible says, man is made in the image of God. They forgot about it that God made male and female and instituted this thing that we call husband and wife, marriage. Mm-hmm. They forgot about the story of Adam and Eve. They forgot about the serpent. They forgot about the forbidden fruit. They forgot all about those things and invented their new ideas because they simply didn't want to say, thank you, Lord. They didn't want to worship the one true God, but they wanted to build and to carve and to make and to create and establish their own ideas of God and their own ideas of the universe and their own ideas of creation. That's right. And it's spun out of control, and it's still spinning out of control to this day. Uh, people's minds are debased and lost and going nuts and insane because of their false ideology of what this world is, who God is, and this and that and the other. Mm. You know, you look at all of the ancient civilizations. Uh, if you want to know civilizations, uh, uh, head on over to Wicked or Wise, hosted by Rachel Aline Carpenter. It's primarily a, a, a podcast focused on women of the Bible, but she digs deep into a lot of those pagan cultures, and uh, she will expound on some of the, the ideas that they have that will just absolutely blow your mind. Because uh, we think of a lot of those ancient cultures being so different and so primitive from us. Oh, no, they, uh, they're the exact same as us, except without iPhones, right? <laughs> They had the craziest ideas. And what's interesting is you look at these civilizations uh, that came out of the Middle East, that came out of Asia, Africa, and Europe. These civilizations, even though they spoke different languages, even though their ethnicity was different, even though their food was different, their languages was different, everything was different. You know what was the same? Their ideology of how the universe was formed. The ancient pagan religions, the pagans. You take a look at uh, uh, Mesopotamia. They believed that the world began with two deities, the sun and the moon. The sun deity, the god, they called Baal, or Baal. And the moon, who was Baal's wife, they called her Ishtar. And they believed that Baal and Ishtar, the husband and wife, came together, and the child that was born into them, they called him Tammuz. You and I know Tammuz as the planet Jupiter. But yeah, that's how it began. That's what they believe, that it began with the sun, the moon, and Jupiter. But as time went on, Baal and Ishtar did not get along, and they divorced. Ishtar having no other man to go to to take care of her and to give her children, so she went to her son, <laughs> Tammuz. Ishtar, the moon goddess, left the day, and her and her son created a new world that they called the night. And from this mother and son, oh my God, birthed other beings into the sky. Things that we call planets, stars, and galaxies. The pagans back then taught that a mother and son had a sexual relationship and birthed all of the luminaries. 
all of the planets, all of the constellations. That is the beginning <laughs> of creation, which is why during the day, you don't have stars. You just have a sun, Baal, who's there all alone, all by himself, angry, mad, and frustrated that his wife and son left him to go and start their own world. <clears throat> yep. You look at the Greeks, believe the same thing. Cronus was the sun god. Rhea was the moon goddess, the wife. She left him, and their son Zeus became her husband. Romans, same thing. They called the sun Saturn. Our Saturn is the planet. Their Saturn was the sun. The moon, the mother, was called Ops. Ops, not sure how to pronounce that in Latin. And they had a son that they called Jupiter. And the mother Ops, the, the moon, left uh, the, the, the sun, Saturn, and joined herself to Jupiter and produced the nighttime, the starry host. Yeah. I mean, you, look, you look at the, uh, the uh, zodiacs, I, I highly recommend you don't study it in depth. You'll attract demons and all kinds of weirdness, but you just take a quick glance at it. You know what? You see a mixture of man and animals. A mixture of man and animals. And these ancient pagans, it's, it's like the common denominator in all of their old ancient histories. They all believed that the constellations, some were like men, some were like animals, and they intermarried and had sexual relations with each other. And that is what produced half man and half beasts up into the heavens and down here on the earth. I mean, you get into a lot of weird things. You know, they, they believe that any time the moon goddess would cry, it would, it would birth a planet, it would birth the seas. And any time like, uh, 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 Saturn uh, hiccuped or farted or something like that, uh, uh, land was born, mud was born or something, it gets all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. It's just weird. It's just weird. All demonic stuff is. It's just weird. Uh, but they just believed it was half man, half animal stuff. Minotaurs, centaurs, all of that came through uh, sexual relations between the luminary gods and goddesses to produce all of these half-man, half-beast type creatures. So uh, let, let's, let's back up here. Okay, that's the, the pagan thing. I, I want to stop there. I don't want to go on. It's just weird. It's just gross. You think about this. Our Bible teaches... God created 22 things in Genesis 1, and it's good, it's peaceable, it's in order. But the pagans believed that the world did not begin with something good, but rather began with a major divorce, and then an incestuous relationship between a mother and a son. Oh my God. And their reunion birthed all of the, the majority of the universe. You and I are here because of a mother and son hooking up. The trees, the mountains, the seas, everything began with a mother and son hooking up. The stars, the planets, everything, galaxies, a mother and son hooking up. The pagans taught that the world did not begin with love, it began with hate. The pagans taught that the world did not begin with peace and hope and joy, but rather it began with betrayal. It began with war. It began with no limits on sexuality. There was no such thing as wrong. Whatever the gods wanted to do, they did it, and that's how the world exists. 
It is no wonder why mankind behaved the way they did. Divorce was out of control. Incestuous relationships were out of control. And then what came? Homosexuality. Oh, because the gods did it, so therefore man can do it. Men with men, women with women. And then yes, adults and children, children with adults, people and animals, this and that and the other. Perverted, 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 perverted. That is where the debased mind is. If you feel like you're struggling mentally, like it's out of control, it may not be something you're involved in, but maybe something you were exposed to as a child or somebody close to you was really into it. Or maybe it's going on right now. In almost every case, you know what it can be linked to? Whether it's you, your parents, or your friends, or whoever, it can be linked to idolatry or sexual perversion. Mm-hmm. You feel confused. You feel distraught. You feel like your life is spinning out of control some way, somehow. Idolatry made its mark on you. Either that or sexual perversion has made its mark on you. What it's talking about here in Romans, that is what destroyed humanity. It all began with mankind forgetting about the one true God and creating these vain imaginations. And God said, fine, you don't want me? I'll back away and just let your mind go. And their imaginations just went poof. And they had all kinds of crazy ideas. And that's where we're at nowadays. Debating, fighting amongst ourselves on these TV shows. I, I, I saw a clip of it this week. Matt Walsh appeared on Dr. Phil. And he's talking with a bearded lady. And Walsh is over there like, come on, dude, tell me what a woman is. And he's like, I can't tell you what a woman is. It's not for my place for me to say what a woman is. <laughs> and Walsh is like, dude, if you died and we buried you and 100 years later, your skeleton was dug up, what's the coroner going to say you were, a man or a woman? <laughs> and I mean, this, this, uh, this uh, you don't know, a nine binary individual is going in circles and circles and, and just not making any sense at all. That's a debased mind. And it all came from, it didn't just happen decades ago. It didn't just happen from the 60s, the hippie movement. Oh, no. It happened thousands of years ago. And it's with us to this day. People no longer view the world as something good or peaceful and pleasant, created as art for the good pleasure of a higher power. Oh, no. It's not the Genesis 1. Oh, no. Yeah, we're not all pagans like they used to be. Most people nowadays are just, it's just a godless world. They don't believe in the gods. But the same spirit and principle of the pagans still exists today. I mean, Paul, talking to the Romans, he was making some great points to them. They would have known exactly, growing up in schools, growing up in Roman culture, the thought that the universe began with three gods, a mother, a father, a son, and the mother left the father for the son. But Jesus Christ came preaching and teaching, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. Mm. The Romans believed 
that the gods through war and perversion made the worlds, but Jesus came preaching and teaching that one God made this world and saw that it was good. The Romans believed that three gods ultimately made the universe and ultimately brought forth mankind. But Jesus came preaching and teaching that one God made man in his image. Mm-hmm. I just want to stop there. When you hear people saying God is three, God is three, 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 you know what that is? It's a compromise that they made in the Roman Empire to try to bridge the gap between the Christians and the pagans. They tried to be relevant. That's right. Bad theology is always covered in familiar language. Never forget that. You heard it right here. Mm-hmm. That's why I preach one God, and we need to be preaching it. One God. Mm. The pagans, they sacrificed their babies to their gods. But our Bible says in Genesis, go forth and multiply and replenish the earth. Do the exact opposites. But nowadays, what do you got? They offer their babies. They offer their babies. The Romans, the pagans, all of them taught that Baal was all on his own, that the mother and son left. Because Baal was abusive, you know. But essentially, the world began with an absent father. Began with an absent father. You know, Baal was the daytime. What do you do in the daytime back then? You work. You fight. You have conflict. That's when war would happen. That's when business would happen. Baal was the god of the day, but then at night, what happens? Well, that's when relationships happen. That's when babies are made right at night. Yeah, that sun, that moon, it's, and their sun, the, the moon goddess and, and, and Saturn. That's what happened there. Mother and son, no father. Absent fathers. But Jesus taught us about God establishing the family. Mm. The pagans believed in absolutely no rules regarding sexual relations. But what does Jesus endorse? In the beginning, God made them male and female. That type of relationship only begins, and it only belongs to a husband and wife. The pagans believed there was absolutely no judgment at all for their sins. That there was no wrong, but they were all in the right. And rather, their promiscuous lifestyle pleased the gods, because that's how the gods were in the heavenly realm. But Jesus taught us that sin will be judged by death. Hmm. The pagans believed, the agnostic believes it now, that the world began in chaos. Evolution is not much different at all than the pagan religion. I don't see it different at all. Pagans believe the world was created in chaos. What does evolution teach? Big Bang? Chaos? Pagans believe that mankind evolved from the uh, upper luminaries. You know, the love child between all of these planets finally birthed the earth. And then they kept on having relations. Man and beast and this or that. I mean, the pagans believe that mankind came from minotaurs and centaurs. Our original, <laughs> our, our, our original ancestors are like half man, half beast. What does evolution teach? We came from a monkey. Man one day, well, it used to be an animal. Same thing. No, different. Same idea. 
The pagans believe that the uh, that you have the rebellion against the father, rebellion against the mother, just uh, totally wiping out the family unit. You have that nowadays. Uh, absentee fathers, dysfunctional family. All that stuff came out of Babel. The mother of harlots. Right out of Babel. The problems that we have nowadays, it's no wonder in Revelation and Bible prophecy, it refers to Babylon, the mother of harlots. That's where it all came out of. It wasn't just a back then thing. Here we are. Here in America, here in our generation, and this time, still the same stuff. The spirit of Babylon. Mother and son marriage. I don't know what is up with that. That is a thing, I guess, nowadays. Uh, a, a young boy, it's considered like a trophy to have relations with a mother. His, his mom, a, a stepmom, some other guy's mom, and they, and they have a, 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 a obscene acronym uh, for this. Not gonna, I'm not going to say it. You know what it is, I'm sure. Perversion. Perversion, perversion. Gay marriage nowadays, all the LGBTQ, all their liberal agenda, all of that stuff came out of this region and this time that Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 1. And yeah, the pagans offered their children to these gods. Not only did they build idols for them, had sinful sex for them, but they offered their children to them. And what do they do nowadays? Abort their babies. Not so much maybe to please a god. Zeus or whoever, but to please the mother for her own convenience. I mean, you look at Genesis 1, it's perfect, it's good. Then it all falls apart, then you go into the New Testament. What does Romans 1 begin with? Creation, but a different perspective of it. Church, we've got to remember our creation story. And in the beginning of this year, 2022, remember the beginning of your Bible. That God made the world good. You want good in your life? Why don't you be like Abraham and run from that? Why don't you be like our father Abraham? He said, I've had enough of these idols. And think differently and be differently and live differently. That's the type of attitude and spirit that God will come to him and say, I've got a better place for you, a better future. Get out of your land. Get out of your country. I've got a promise for you. I want this year, for many of you, you're looking for direction. A lot of you, you've started the second semester of your senior year and you're wondering, what does the future hold? You need to find answers from God in the next few months. Some of you, you're dating somebody and you know they're the right one. You can't be lollygagging around. You can't be stringing her along. You've got to get serious about this. Make it happen. Don't wait. And then there's some of you, you're dating the wrong person and you know it. It's time to break up. Some of you, you have been so disrespectful to your parents. And if you were honest with yourself, the greatest opportunities in your life are going to come through your parents. It's time for you to start honoring your father and your mother. Some of you have been absolutely horrible to your youth pastor, to your hyphen director, to your pastor, to whoever, your worship leader at church. You've been absolutely stupid and rude and gossiped and slandered the leadership in your church. It's no wonder you're such a putz. You need to obey them. 
You need to follow them. You need to get in agreement with them. Quit acting like a pagan. Quit acting like this world. And get back to what God wanted us to be all along, and that is something good. Be thankful. Keep God in your mind. Keep God in the forefront. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And that is how you are going to find something good. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Happy New Year. Uh, I did not do... I usually, for ever since the beginning of this podcast, we've done stats at the end of the month. Just to uh, let all of you know where the major portion of our audience comes from. And I, I think I skipped over that in October, November, December. I'm telling you, last year I had baby brain. It was bad. I forgot a lot of things. Uh, nothing that set me back, but just little things like uh, podcast <laughs> stats. So what we're going to do is give, not give you the stats of individually October, November, December, but the, we're going to look at the entire fourth quarter. Coming in, in our loyal listenership from around the world, it is the United Kingdom. God save the Queen, right? On over into Canada, coming in second runner-up, British Columbia. Coming in at number one, Ontario. God bless you, Canada. Over into the USA. Let's see, number 10, Arkansas. Mm. Some of the greatest food in America is coming out of Arkansas. Some fried fish. Number nine, Georgia. I like Georgia. Number eight, Michigan and Florida, Pennsylvania, Ohio, California. And if you can believe it, my home state in the fourth quarter of 2021, Missouri came in at number three. Number two, Texas. And then if you can believe it, winning by a substantial margin, number one is Illinois. Come on now. Illinois, my next door neighbor. To the east. Um, thank you so much to all of you that have taken time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That is greatly, greatly appreciated. All of the kind words, uh, telling the the public how you think and how you feel about this podcast. It's actually uh, very beneficial. If you've been around podcasts for a while, you know that those uh, star ratings and those reviews really help push. Um, the visibility of this podcast, so I thank you for it. But most of all, it's just meaningful to me. It's meaningful to me to receive feedback uh, from all of you, and I don't think I've read the Apple Podcast reviews in a, in a while, and I feel bad about that. We're going to get back to that. That's on the New Year's resolution uh, to openly um, talk about some of the feedback that we're getting and, of course, the uh, questions and things like that. Over to the Apple reviews, SK Collins says, This podcast is thought-provoking, relevant, very entertaining. (laughs) Yes, it is. If we've done anything on this podcast, we have made people laugh. We have made a lot of people (laughs) 
path. Yeah, yeah. Collins also says, I feel encouraged to pray and engage in more spirituality from the experiences you share. And I'm kind of paraphrasing these, uh, by the way. Next, Mr. Jesse McDonald. What an epic last name, McDonald. Man, McDonald sounds so good right now. Mm. He says, I feel blessed to listen to your podcast. I feel inspired to start my own. That is probably the greatest compliment that somebody can be- give me. And I've, I've had quite a few of them, actually. And ma- matter of fact, there's podcasts that are going right now that I know uh, were heavily inspired by me. <laughs> I'm not going to say any names, but you listen to some of them. And what do they have on there? <laughs> they have uh, rock bumper music. They're drinking coffee. <laughs> They're they're ridiculing people they disagree with. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, got a little JG going there. Well, anyway, have fun with it however you want. I I don't care. You can copy my style. It doesn't bother me. But I'm glad you feel inspired. I love apostolic content. I love apostolic media. I do. Whether you're a, a Facebook Live or an Instagrammer, podcaster, YouTuber, all of that, blogs all of that author, but I, as far as like video and audio content goes on the internet, I would love to see just more and more apostolics getting out there. Let me tell you what's getting boring, and that's just posting. I, I just, I, I just, I haven't been posting lately. It's just so boring. I, I just don't know how to, it's just no longer fun for me to put an idea out there in two or three sentences. I, I want to say more and do more and distinguish myself, so. Uh, if you, I hope you do more. Start a podcast. It's um, so fun. Uh, if you know how to be literary, personable, you can do a podcast. Uh, my personal three ingredients for podcast success is um, it's really insight, humor, and fire. You can do those three things. You can have a uh, make an impact with uh, a monologue and occasional guest podcast. Saltine Cracker. Hmm. <laughs> they say this episode, Satan has asked for you, is very encouraging. I recommend it to hyphen age. You are in the gray area of life. Man, ain't that the truth. I, I, I don't know. The devil is just after the hyphen age. And we were talking earlier about debased mind and stuff. Oof. A lot of that stuff will come out when you're in your 20s because you're, you're really an individual. You've unhooked from your parents. You're a full-blown adult. At that time, and Satan, he'll come after you. So yeah, it's a great episode. I hope you listen to it. Ellsworth E. says, This podcast is such a blessing to me. Uh, I don't know how I found it, but it was of the Lord. No doubt in my mind. Mm, I believe that too. Podcasting really doesn't have an algorithm. It doesn't have clickbait. None of that. It's and I love and one of the things I love about podcasting and I don't share numbers really on here. I think I have maybe once or twice. I don't numbers for podcasting really aren't made public. It's like radio and TV. You know, you you never really know. But like YouTube and social media, you see the views. But with all the algorithms and just one second click, all of a sudden it lists as a play. You really don't know how many accurate numbers you're getting. But with podcast, the numbers you get, you know, people are coming for you. They're coming for you. And we've developed quite a great relationship. I feel such a trust between me and the listeners. And I believe for people that are hungry for the deeper things of the Spirit and looking for a way to escape 
uh, the craziness and nonsense of this world to grow and to have an experience with God through a podcast. Uh, God's connecting you to this. That's right. They, they click on that cover art, see the radios, see the name Gleason, wondering what is that? You turn it on, you realize it's, it is God, Bible, and church. And so, uh, Ellsworth E., we're glad this podcast is a blessing to you. Uh, I don't know if this has ever been done. Probably in the history of the oneness movement, we have got two brothers back-to-back leaving great reviews, and that's the Powell brothers, uh, Levi and Lyndon Powell. Levi says, I love this podcast. I appreciate the work that goes into this. Thank you for proclaiming truth. And if you ain't kidding, it is work. Oof, but it's fun work. Lyndon Powell, absolutely apostolic and anointed. Incredible content, revelations, and insight. Hmm. I just found the podcast and have listened to many of the episodes in the archives. Thank you to the two brothers, the Sons of Thunder, the Powell brothers. You know, a lot of people tell me that. They, they say, I, I just found your podcast. And I went, they, they binge listen to a lot of the archives. I really appreciate that. You, know, you go back and listen to the archives. I, w- I went and listened back to a few, and I'm like, you know, a few things have, have changed. Uh, some of the format has, but it's still really in your face and at times heavily bombastic (laughs) and I I just feel to talk that way on here I you know it's just how we want to communicate okay MMB 10198 brother Gleason's content is biblically based and will open your eyes to a lot of new things you have never thought about before his thoughts are insightful and thought-provoking thank you very much wow yeah, the, the, when I wrote out the vision for this podcast, all the words like insight and unique and thought, all of those things, pe- people write reviews of that. That tells me I've been able to accomplish exactly what I've set off to do. Rachel Lavender. Hello, Sister Rachel. Sister Rachel is an awesome lady. She says, JCG podcast, open the year with some spectacular interviews. Man, ain't that the truth? I thoroughly enjoyed each one, especially the one with Caleb Gleason. Always substantial and entertaining. Mm, yes. Thank you so much for all of that positive feedback. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I've gotten uh, some uh, negative blowback uh, from this podcast, and it just comes with the territory. I've gotten negative blowback on, on uh, when I was a youth pastor, some of the new things I tried. You know, got uh, some negative blowback, but I just kept on going with it. I didn't, I didn't care. Yeah, you know, I didn't say anything. I just kept on going. Now that I'm older, I actually do say something <laughs> with people who are critical of me. And I, I've just realized if they're going to shout at you, shout at them back. Why not? Give them a taste of their own medicine from time to time. In Jesus' name. <laughs> but we got a, we got a negative uh, review on Apple Podcasts. You should scroll down and, and read it. it. It Let me tell you, it's something. And it's long, too. I couldn't believe it. I've never... I, and I, I read other reviews on uh, people's podcast. And, I mean, this is like the longest negative uh, bad review I've ever read. It's from Guppy Z. <laughs> Guppy. Guppy Z. Guppy Z says, My wife and I have unsubscribed. Hmm. It was great to listen to the apostolic principles he spoke about during the pandemic, but now there are things he says that strikes our spirits and hearts off. (laughs) He says, if what I say offends you, play it back again and let it offend you some more. Hmm. 
I do say that. He asked a backslider, so is the Holy Spirit just not good enough for you? He speaks of worldly entertainment, Batman, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and pop culture. Hmm. He expresses judgmental perceptions to homosexuals and people who aren't uh, living a biblical creationist lifestyle. Justin seems to have become less humble in the success he has had in this podcast. You know, every leadership book you're going to read, every great leader that I've ever been mentored by, they say if you're being criticized, even if it's outrageous, there's always a small little bit of truth in it. So uh, take it and, and apply it to your life. And I, and I have uh, with this. I, I always do with critical things. You, you know, you've got to. You can't get to the place where you think you're invincible and you're never wrong and stuff like that. You'll lose friends. You'll lose influence. And, and your podcast won't grow. You see, I don't think that. That's why this podcast has grown, because I actually listen to people. I have a, a team of advisors that I talk to now and again. And uh, sometimes they give me negative feedback. And uh, they always have good reasons for it, and it's kind of helped course correct me. But uh, I just want to say to the offense thing, offense is out of control. And I don't know what else to say to people. And uh, I, I have found that if you try to make everybody happy, the, uh, the offense doesn't go away, and they end up losing disrespect for you and argue with you. So I've just developed an idea. If you want to get offended, keep listening and let it offend you some more. And I've been surprised with that attitude, how it wakes people up who have an offended spirit and didn't know it. That's why I'm saying that, okay, Guppy? That's why I say that. It wakes people up with an offended spirit to realize the error of their way, and it works. I'm telling you, it works. It's a good thing. Uh, the backslider, uh, why else would they backslide? The Holy Ghost isn't good enough. <laughs> you know, they'd rather have their sin uh, than, the, than the Holy Spirit. I mean, what else is there to say? I don't get it. And with backsliders, uh, are you supposed to just be, oh, yes, it's okay. And I think that's the way it's going nowadays. Every single person knows a, a, a backslider right now in their youth group and are kind of slipping away, and they start dating somebody of the world. Like you see a guy, a 17-year-old boy, is kind of out there in the world, and he gets a, a girlfriend, and, and he's got a picture with her with his arm around her, practically uh, groping the side of her bosom, and she's dressed immodestly, and, and Pentecostal kids get on there and comment, Oh, y'all look so good together. Oh. You know, that backslidden girl, she posts a picture of herself on Instagram, exhibiting her body, chopped hair. You know, it used to be Holy Ghost Phil, went to youth camps and stuff. Now she's uh, looking like a woman of the night. She gets on Instagram, and then all the youth group gets on there. Oh, you look so beautiful. Oh, you look so great. <laughs> it's like, what are they trying to say? Hey, I still love you. I'm going to love you back to church by telling you uh, how great the lack of clothing you have looks. <laughs> Okay. Well, Justin's over here uh, with another idea. And instead of saying how good it looks and how beautiful it is and how oh, happy for you, I say, uh, are you doing this because the Holy Ghost wasn't good enough for you? Which thing is going to get a backslider to, to, to wake up a little bit more? Uh, which way is going to cause them to uh, take an honest look at the choices they're making? Okay, I'll let you decide. Okay, I've compared the world that we live in to uh, a lot of the fictional stories that we're familiar with, such as Batman and Star Wars, etc. Um, you know, I, 
Okay, man, if if Batman offends you, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, if Star Wars offends you, I'm sorry, but I don't know. You just look at the world, it feels like Gotham. It really does. Gotham, the insane, took over, and the politicians and law enforcement let it happen. What is going on right now? Build back better, it, it, it ain't working. It's, it's build up the mentally ill and let them control the world. That's right, Joker. We need Batman to come swooping down. Mm. Star Wars, yeah. Senator Palpatine, man, he's just like the Antichrist. Sure is. So I, ju I just see these things. Um, so yeah, I don't think Batman and Star Wars are that bad. I think they've actually communicated a lot, and I've used those, those stories to really captivate people's attention to the Bible, so I think it's a good thing. I really don't know why he un unsubscribed. I don't get it. You know, it just, uh, it is what it is. But I tell you what, as soon as I started re reading this bad review, this uh, horrible review, the words t came to my mind, homosexual, and I knew it was coming, and sure enough, it did. <laughs> and uh, I knew he was going to mention something about being gay, and he does mention homosexuality. And I realized this is such a sensitive thing. It's like the number one offensive thing. You know, you, you can't talk about it without offending somebody. You can't say it's a sin without people blowing up. So. Guppy Z, maybe you struggle with it. You might. I kind of get the feeling maybe that you do, or you have a brother that does, or a cousin that does, and you're just sensitive about it, and to hear it that, it, that it is a sin, and to even read scriptures about it, you just can't take it. And, and that's really why you're angry. That's probably really the problem here. And I, I don't know what else to say, man, uh, other, other than the truth, that there is hope for anybody, anybody who is a sinner. Uh, when relating to sexual sins, whether it's fornicator, adulterer, porn addiction, this addiction, that addiction, and yes, even somebody who's homosexual, lesbian, all of that. We all stand equal at the foot of the cross. And all of them have the potential to repent of those things and to follow the path of righteousness. I love everybody. I really do. And I love them so much. So, yeah, uh, Guppy says uh, we're not supposed to judge anyone you know, all this and that. I don't judge anybody. I am, I am not a judgmental person. I don't get that. You know, I don't know anybody who's judgmental in the apostolic church. I, I hear that so much nowadays. Don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge. I don't hear any judgment. You know what I hear people saying? It's not judgmental, but rather it's warning people of the judgment of God. That's not judgment. That is just giving heads up to, to people of what God intends to do one day. Okay, so if I tell you homosexuality is a sin, that's not judging, that's teaching truth. Telling somebody that you'll be in danger of hell if you sin is not judging, it's not. It's warning people of what is to come, what God, the great judge, is going to do. Okay, I can't convince God to love anybody. I can't convince God to hate anybody. I can only teach you and pray for you. What is true? And, and another thing you got to know about this podcast, though, a lot of the way I talk on this podcast, I don't, I don't preach like this. And I don't have conversations with people like this. This is podcast. It's a very passive form of communication, so you can say what you want. Okay? Okay, you, you are right about one thing. I'll give you that. And that is the success of this podcast. It's very successful. It's, it's growing. Our message is connecting with a lot of people. And you know who it's connecting with? Backsliders. 
They're praying back through. They sure are. I've got letters from them. They're praying back through, but you're wrong about the whole humble thing. Let me tell you something. Humility is not what you do. It's not what you say. It's how you feel. All of my confidence is in God. So, uh, But I know guys like Guppy Z, they get mad. They get all bent out of shape. But here in about a month and a half, he'll be back. <laughs> he'll be curious. So, uh, Guppy Z, it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. All right, anyway, on to some actual like messages from people. Uh, okay, this, um, these are sent to me privately through, through email and, and uh, direct message and things like that, so we're going to keep the real name uh, off the air. We'll just do the initials. CO sent a message to me. He says, hello, I'm age, I am 22 years old. I backslid when I was a teenager at the age of 14. I became an agnostic, but I have found my way back to God a year ago. Amen. Come on. See? Backsliders are coming back. Since I've been back in church, I've not been able to speak in tongues like I used to before I backslid. Oh. I've been praying and I've been fasting, and my pastor and my church elders have encouraged me that I'm still spirit-filled, even though I haven't spoken in tongues since I prayed back through. But I need to keep pushing. I totally agree with that. I've had amazing moments in prayer. One service, I felt like I was caught up into the third heaven. Wow. But I did not speak in tongues. But there were some ladies and other people in the church that told me they heard me speaking in tongues. But I did not hear it myself. Huh. Recently, a 13-year-old boy in our youth group came up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and prayed for me, and I started speaking in tongues, and it was very powerful. Very, very powerful. But I haven't spoken in tongues since then. Do you think you have any insight on what's going on? See, let me tell you, man. Um, at age nine, I went to junior camp, and I was down there getting a hold of God. I mean, like after the altar call was over, all the kids running to get snacks and stuff, I stayed up there at the altar and prayed. You want to touch God? Stay. Be the last one to leave the altar. Go through a season of your life where you just linger in the altar and you don't leave. Because let me tell you, God doesn't leave the altar. He doesn't. He's still down there. He he doesn't check out just because the organ player stops playing or or you know the, the you know the preacher gets up there and closes out the service you know with an old song or something. You stay up there praying while everybody else is chatting. You keep your face buried in the altar. You'll hear from God. You'll feel after the Lord. And I tell you, I was doing this at junior camp every night, and I felt like I was caught up to the third heaven. And I had other people say. Uh, one night that they heard me talking in tongues because I was seeking for the Holy Ghost. And some people said, wow, you got the Holy Ghost tonight. And I remember that night thinking, wow, I did. I must have missed it. I did. I missed it. But it was only until uh, age 11, I was up at the altar praising and worshiping the Lord all on my own that I just started speaking in tongues. And uh, for for the rest of my grade school years, then through my teen years, I spoke in tongues. And it was always the same phrase in tongues. Over and over and over again. Anytime uh, I felt it, anytime I wanted to, I could speak it. And then at age 19 in my dorm room at Bible College, I was praying and really getting a hold of God and really calling upon Him for, uh, to, to help me to grow, to, to better myself, you know, to go forward in the Spirit. And uh, my tongues changed for the first time. And instead of that simple phrase over and over, it went into long, mystical paragraphs. And, you know, not too long ago, I was praying in those old original tongues that God gave me when I was 11 came back on me and the interpretation came to me. 
I found out what I first spoke in the Spirit to God and what I said all throughout my teen years. I said to him over and over, the kingdom, the glory, and the power belongs to Jesus Christ forever. The kingdom, the glory, and the power belongs to Jesus Christ forever. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, but now remember the first time tongues, I ever heard tongues, was my Holy Ghost experience, you know, I, I say it happened at age 11, but there are people that say they witnessed me speak in tongues at age 9. And I, and I didn't know it at junior camp. So what you're talking about there, I've experienced. I felt like I was caught away somewhere else in some type of trance vision. When I came to, people said they heard me talking in tongues, but I didn't know what I was saying. That is possible. It, it happened to me. It happened to you. So, man, I, I'd advise to you, just, just keep praying and seeking the Lord. Keep going after the, uh, the, the Spirit. And if you do, you will experience things. Uh, just enjoy the Lord. I'll tell you this. Don't focus so much on the tongues. Just focus on Jesus. Just focus on the Spirit. Love the Spirit. Learn to get really good praying in English. And when you do that, you're going to just in tongues. I've noticed people that seek for the Holy Ghost that uh, travail for it for a long time, like two or three years. Once they get it, they become like powerfully used in prophecy and in tongues. Uh, I'm not saying if you get it quick, you can't, but I've just noticed a pattern like, like me and other people. The, those of us who tarried for it for a long time after we got it, it, it like, I don't know, just prophecy and all other types of um, giftings through speaking are manifested. NH messaged me. She says, thank you for your praying for a baby podcast. Mm. My husband and I prayed and wanted and tried for children for almost seven years with several miscarriages. Oh, man. This podcast episode was great to listen to, and it gave me some hope in a tough situation. Mm. NH, um, you know what? Stop trying to have kids. Stop trying. And what I'm telling you, I, I can't, I'm sure it's in the Bible somewhere, but I can't, no verse or situation comes to my mind, but I just want to say, I've just found, if you stop trying and just love your husband, he loves you, that's how children are born. They're born out of love and passion. That's how it's born. That's how the, the, the spark and the light and conception happens. So stop trying. <laughs> Just love and dedication to each other. That's how it happens. And just pray for it every day. Believe God for it. Trust God for it. And a lot of times God, we think he forgets or he delays or he's being lazy or procrastinating. No, every, every miracle he does is, has a timing in place so that you can look and see and say and witness to everybody that this wasn't coincidence, but God did it. Amen. In Jesus' name. In H, you will embrace a child within one year from now. In Jesus' name. J.K. He says, I am 20 years old, and the girl I like is 24. We are just friends. <laughs> but I believe prophetically that we are about to be more than friends. Mm. She is romantic and wants to be courted. 
like a Pride and Prejudice type thing. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> what would be something that I could do to sweep her off her feet? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh about a very serious thing, but I can't help it. But I love this. Prophetically. Romance. Corded. A lot of the things I've been talking about. I love it. Yeah, we really have created our own language around here in the last two years. Can you believe that? Two years we've been doing this podcast. We've kind of created our own, our own lingo around here. The way we talk. And you guys are talking like me in your messages. It's, <laughs> we've got our own language. It's funny. It's great. I like it. All right, my thoughts on this, JK. Okay, first of all, bro, congratulations on uh, having an interest and she having an interest in you with a, with a girl that uh, you're younger than. You, you're a stud, man. I'm telling you, bro, you are a delicious man. I don't know, when I was like 18 or 19, I, there was girls, this, this is before I met Sister Jean, married Sister Jean, fall in love, all that. This is beforehand, okay? Hope you understand. There were like these older girls that I thought were absolutely just striking. But I never thought I could, I could have a chance. I just felt like a, a, the, the older girl was just intimidating to me. You know, when you're 19 and, and you like a girl that's 22, it's just intimidating, you know? You know, she's so much more mature than you and advanced than you and all of those things. So, um, bro, you've got it going on, man. Total stud. I like it. Uh, what do you need to do? Uh, I, I'm telling you what I've learned, these girls that... Uh, act sophisticated when it comes to relationships. I'm sorry, but all of them, they act like they don't like it, but they like it when you flirt with them. I, I really do flirt a little bit. Uh, those, that humor, those jokes, all of that. Uh, they, they may put it off like they don't like it at first, but deep down inside they do. That would be overly nice and extra helpful uh, to her. I think that just uh, builds trust and a, and a connection. You know, make her feel safe when she's around you. Stick up for her. Be sweet to her. Um, I, I wouldn't tease or joke, you know, but be very, very uh, overly gracious. That um, just uh, touches a, a an apostolic lady's heart. Uh, it's winter out, man. Uh, if you're not in church, wear sweaters. Uh, guys just look more snuggly in sweaters. I, I, I think girls, they just, they want to hug you. I don't know what it is about the sweaters. They like it. So, yeah, invest in a good-looking sweater. Nice sweater. Uh, figure out what kind of men's cologne she likes. Uh, back in the old days, you know, youth groups would be walking through the mall, and you, you go through the fragrance section, and a girl would pick up, you know, a bottle of, of uh, Curve or Tommy Hilfiger or aquadigio or something and go, mm, this is good. And you just take note of that and you, and you realize what that girl likes to smell and you buy it, put it on. And then all of a sudden it's like, huh, you know? Uh, so smell good. I'm telling you, if you, if you feel like you're not a good looking guy, your, your smell can make up for it. Uh, you got to smell good. Uh, girls like a fellow that smells good. That's how it is. All right, and keep your breath fresh and your teeth white and uh, slick your hair back or something. I don't know. So, yeah, it's how you treat her. It's how you present yourself. It's good. And then, okay, the romantic thing, you know, bro, those carriage rides, wherever you're at, whatever city, if you can find one of those, those are really fun. I got those Cinderella-looking carriage things, so if she, she wants to be courted, I'd do that. That's, that's traditional, man. That's old-fashioned. Mm, get a picture together. 
You know, uh, when Sister G first came to Kansas City, I took her on a carriage ride down on the plaza. <laughs> it was fun. I loved it. And then uh, save up some money, go to a nice restaurant, a fancy one. Maybe one of those ones that's like they took an old Victorian house and made it into a restaurant. I'm sure the food may not be the best, but it's the atmosphere that's great. If she's in into that Victorian era courtship type thing uh, one of those victorian looking homes created into a restaurant hopefully it survived covid take her there yeah uh watch pride and prejudice together <laughs> uh, i mean i hope that stuff helps you out there jk lastly now this is interesting km messaged me and she says i was standing next to my boyfriend at church mm. And out the corner of my eye, I saw smoke. Oh, my God. I saw it only for a second, and it seemed to have come down from his hand, which he had resting on the back of the seat in front of us. Are you listening to this? He had just moved his hand when the smoke appeared. Not only did I see it, but I smelled it as well. It didn't smell like cigarette smoke, but it was more like a campfire smell. Wow. The fact that I could smell it was especially odd to me because I had recently had COVID but hadn't gained my sense of smell back. I looked around, but there wasn't anyone around us at all. I also took notice that the church did not have any haze or smoke machines for the service. This was the first time I had ever seen anything like that. Do you have any idea what that smoke could have meant? Wow. Uh, that's a new one. That's a new one. Never heard of anything like this. And uh, I'm kind of... <laughs> I'm kind of... Uh, with a lot of these, I've read them, paraphrased them, pre-screened them, wrote down a few ideas. I act like I'm just reading them, just so you know. I'm sure of you. <laughs> kind of know about this, but I have prayed about this and I've thought about this. I, I don't have any revelation or knowledge from God come to me about this experience. I don't know. It probably, it might make all make sense in the future. I don't know. But when I can't get an interpretation directly from the spirit, I go to my Bible. Actually, I always go to my Bible first and usually you can find an answer there. There is a Bible passage that comes to mind about this and it's from Revelation 8, 4. Revelation 8, 4, it says, The angel of the Lord held the prayers of the saints, and the prayers arose as smoke and incense from his hand. Okay, that's what it says about the angel. Smoke and incense came up from his hand. So I would say to you, Sister K.M., that perhaps your boyfriend, his natural prayers at that moment were being viewed by the spirit world as smoke. Just like an angel, and your eyes was open to it in that moment. I've, I've had experiences like this. So yeah, just like an angel offers up smoke, it's prayers unto the Lord in heaven. Probably that was going on while church was happening. Just the, the Holy Ghost came over your boyfriend and manifested as it does through angels. I've been in services and looked up and seen, you know, like the old little cartoons, halos above people's heads. Let me tell you, that's real. It's real. I've seen that, a bright light floating above uh, somebody's head. I've seen it when somebody is healed. I've seen it when somebody repents. 
I've seen it in various places. It's it's all real. I've never seen the 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 um, smoke like that. Smelled it like that. None of that. But that's all I've got. That's all I can think of. And you know what? Just as I'm talking, I feel peace in that. I think I'm accurate on this. So so I hope it helps. So. I can't get to everybody's question, everybody's comment, but I just appreciate the reviews. I appreciate the questions. It lets me know where a lot of you are at. And uh, thank you. I, I, I read everything. I save everything. Maybe I should start reading all of it. <laughs> People love to have their names read, but uh, I just think there's value in uh, answering these things directly. A lot of times I read it and I just... De- I won't mention the question, but I'll just develop content about it in the next episode and talk about it. So we wanted to be more intentional about it here in this uh, second segment of this episode. But anyway, I hope uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've stuck with it. Not always the most interesting stuff, but definitely for the people that send it. So uh, I just love all of you. I do. Listeners, I love you. I love you so much. I've always loved you, and I'll forever love you. God's doing great things in this podcast. This is going to be a great year. God's given me some great stuff to give you, and I can't wait to talk about it. Amen. We'll talk to you next week. Have great church this weekend.